for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Toeir Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet-sounding instruments. Go to toeirguitars.us, that's T-O-I-R-G-U-I-T-A-R-S.us, and contact Ed today. Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Top Hill Recording. Hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. Pill Recording Podcast, episode 51. What's up, Neil? What's up, buddy? Well, day, man. I know you've had a, you probably had a long day with all the rain we've had out delivering mail today, didn't you? I was uh, reminiscent of the days with the broken leg when I wasn't working on, on this day, man. It was awful. I think I heard we had like two inches of rain. Felt like way more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like I was underwater all day. Well, we've got a uh, great guest tonight. We've got Dusty Bo with us. Welcome, Dusty. Hey, thank you. Appreciate you being with us tonight, and while we're uh, talking to you and, and enjoying good conversation, we are going to have what I call my house bourbon now, Old Forester 100 Proof. Top Hill House Bourbon. Ta- Top Hill Recording House <laughs> <Nice>. Bourbon. <laughs> Man, I need this drink today. You don't know how bad. It's, it's going to be awesome. And Dusty, you're joining us with some bourbon, right? I am, man. I uh, You know, that that's that's actually, o- OFO is, and... and uh, and benchmark are actually my mm-hmm. go-tos. I don't know if you're familiar with benchmark. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, best bang for the buck. My buddy, a good friend of mine, told me about it, and he was like, "Just try this on ice." And I was like, "How much was this?" And he said, nine dollars." <laughs> I was <laughs> like, "Okay, well, there you go, brother on a budget for sure." But, um, but yeah, that's those are usually my go-tos. But tonight, my good friend um, Clayton Murray brought me. Um, he actually brought this over Saturday when we were watching the fight, but he brought me some Weller Special Reserve. Oh Ooh. yeah, nice. Which I which yeah. I had never had before. I'd had I'd had regular Weller, but I hadn't had the Special Reserve. So it's yeah, very very tasty. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Well, cheers. Good. Cheers, man. Cheers, cheers guys. Oh. oh yeah. Man, mm. God bless you for for uh, for sticking it out doing doing delivering the mail in the rain that's um i almost quit they, today it, dusty almost <laughs> today was almost my last day but i got man. to thinking i got to thinking about my wife and my kids and i thought nah, i like where i live i like my house i, I stick it out Shit. so i did <laughs> but now i'm here so it's all good yeah right on man rain's bad enough but the cold rain just it doesn't yeah. get any worse than cold rain it, mm, no. it, you know it'd be better if it would snow hard yeah well fortunately i had some pretty good songs uh to to listen to today to warm up for the podcast yeah, so you yeah. know it, it all worked out well 
Yeah. Right on. What yeah, were you listening to? I was listening to a little Dusty Bow, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Checking right out. Got to listen to what you send us. Yeah. Yeah. Got to yeah. know what I'm uh, getting into, man. And I got to say, I was pleasantly surprised. But I'm sure we'll get into talking about it. But um, the, the diversity was awesome. I was like, all right. Yeah, I dig. Yep. Everything has its own thing. And I'm I'm into that, man. I can't. I don't know if it's ADHD or just the the way things are these days, but I can't. I can't seem to uh, write two songs that sound the same or in the same genre or anything like that. Hey, so. man, I did the same thing today listening to Dusty Bow, and we'll do it. And we'll do it later. But I've, one song I went back and listened to three times, just trying to focus <laughs> on the lyrics, and I, I just want to hear the writing process and what mm-hmm. that song's about when we get to that one. Oh, cool. Okay. But before we go there, Dusty, why don't you start off by telling us, um, go back to childhood and your early memories of music, and at what point in life did you realize music was going to be an important part of your life? Okay. Um, so growing up, I lived in two different houses, and we moved into one house when I was uh, had was just like about three or four. And I do remember even at like, some of my earliest memories are seeing my dad with a guitar at our original, the first, the condo we used to live at. So like, I remember seeing him play at a very, you know, when I was a a baby and, um, pretty, pretty much, you know, not like a baby, baby, but anyways, three, four years old. And then, but the real kicker, I guess, as far as like, um, inspiration to get me like the first time I remember feeling something, was when my dad put on Led Zeppelin II and like I heard a whole lot of love. That was, you know, just the guitar riff and then like the, the um, just all the crazy vocal stuff, plants doing the drum solo and then the guitar solo especially, I was like, oh my God, like what, what is this? What, what, what's, <laughs> yeah. how is the sound being made? You know, cause I'd seen my dad play guitar and I'd like heard other music like the Beatles and the Stones, which, you know, those are still huge influences. But when I heard that one, it was like, this doesn't sound like it's from here. And then, um, you know, like it's from a different, new, a whole nother world. So that was, that was the first time I remember like hearing something that really moved me. But then when I was seven, my parents brought me and my brother to see, uh, we went to the uh, Louisville Palace to see the opening act was Deaf Comedy Jam and the main act was Earth, Wind and Fire. <laughs> and oh, okay. It was a very, very, uh, that was a life-changing moment for sure because that's when I saw, that was the first time I had seen like a live band. Well, not just a live band, but like on a, on a big stage, mm-hmm. you know, like in a big crowd and whatnot. And uh, and I remember seeing the bass player and the two guitar players come like to the center of the stage. And I think it was the bass player that he used to wear this like headset microphone. And he would just like, he just, it looked like the most fun thing in the world. And I was like, that's it. I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to play guitar. And uh, so I asked for um, a guitar for that Christmas. Well, we went to a toy store and, you know, I, I picked up a toy guitar, like the one that had the buttons that made sounds on it and whatever. And I told my dad and mom, I was like, I want, this is what I want for Christmas. And then Christmas came around. And they actually got me a real one. So thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when you went to that concert at seven years old, and Deaf Comedy Jam was opening up, man. What did your <laughs> <laughs> What did your parents think? Was it a clean Dude, show? At least? No, 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 no. It was not. It was not. It was like, um, it was very, you know, because I remember there was, you know, there was it was it was a you know primarily primarily black audience, and there was this like this this lady sitting behind me and my brother, and like this you know this bigger older lady, and like she kept 
like whenever the I can't remember his name. Like I honestly need to look it up. It could have been it could have been somebody like you know Damon Wayans or somebody really popular. Mm-hmm. And like, but I remember this lady. Like whenever, whenever he'd say say something bad, like she'd she'd like cut like grab me and my brother's ears and be like, "Oh no, Lord, no, don't let him hear, it. don't let him hear." It. Like, so it was yeah, there was definitely not a clean show, but you know, like that was that was another thing growing up. Like my dad and mom were both really cool with letting me and my brother listen and like watch, like you know. Andrew Dice Clay, Eddie Murphy, and like George Carlin, like we, we, and you know, Richard Pryor, like we, 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 at, at a, at an earlier age than probably we should have been able to watch it. But as long as we weren't like, I only got in trouble when I got went to school and was like trying to tell some of the Andrew Dice Clay, like, uh, hickory dickory rhymes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And they, all, all my friends were like, what? Did you write this? I was like, no. <laughs> Learn to cuss early. Oh, man. Yeah. Those are some good yeah. specials, too, man. <laughs> oh, Ice man. cream, man. I just could see you telling some Eddie Murphy jokes. That'd be awful. Oh, my God. So, progressive but, parents. <laughs> yeah. Big time. Big time. <laughs> so around the house, were you listening to, you mentioned Led Zeppelin. Was was that what you were hearing around the house? Was a lot of classic rock? Pretty much, yeah. It was, um, you know, it was mostly classic rock. And then, um, you know, my, my mom and dad too, you know, they were both also into like Motown um, and uh, blues. And then like the... The, the only though you know there there wasn't a lot of uh well there was no they, country music um was not a household uh thing for for us and you know really at all until like I got into high school and then I started listening to it because you know I met some other friends that were into it and whatnot and um so I got a I I gained a, a pretty quick interest in in country um but not like growing up yeah it was mostly it was pretty much all classic rock some you know uh some funk you know like Sly and the family stone i remember you know st- stuff like that and like dan- you know like um not disco but you know some dance you know funk soul you know kind of mm-hmm. stuff was happening too but mostly classic rock for sure it's definitely with going to earth wind and fire you're definitely in that uh funk soul type of oh, atmosphere yeah. for yeah. sure yeah. So when you um when you picked up the guitar at seven, you actually got your first guitar. Did you stick with it right away, or was that something that kind of uh, had to develop a love for when you got a little bit older? No, man. It was like an instant, like an instant addiction. Before I even learned how to play anything, like I was just, you know, you know, more. My parents are, were were so cool about it because I didn't learn how to play a song for probably like three months, and I was just at least it might have been six months i can't remember it but it was it was it was a good good chunk of time that i would just i would just strum you know and it was a little electric guitar that had like a speaker built into it and was powered by a nine volt battery Mm -hmm. and um you know so it wasn't crazy loud it wasn't like crack cranking like a marshall half stack but it was still loud enough to be annoying you know (laughs) yes and um, as a parent i know yeah okay yeah there you go and uh but yeah, you know, I was, I, especially once I started, like, once I learned how to play my first song, I would play that one song for three hours a day. Like, I don't know how they did it, man. I don't know how they put up with it, but I'm, I'm glad they did. What, what do was you the remember first, that song? Yeah, what was yeah. the song? Yeah, it was Louie Louie by Kingsman. <laughs> Not only do you remember it, but I guarantee your parents do too. <laughs> Absolutely. Did you ever, are you self-taught or did you take lessons or 
How, how did you develop as a player? Mostly self-taught. I started to see, you know, I was, I was actually talking with a, a buddy about this the other day because his, um, he wants to get his son into learning, learning guitar. And I was like, man, it's a great idea to do that like early, but it's like a tricky thing too, because like, I think one of the reasons that I stuck with it and why I loved it so much is because I, I learned how to do it on my own out of, or uh, I learned how to play, you know, not, I didn't learn theory. I didn't learn like chord, you know, chords properly or like scales or this, that, and the other, but I would learn how to play to where I enjoyed it, you know? And I think, uh, you know, so when, after a couple of years, when I started, you know, I learned, I, I knew a good amount of songs and whatnot, and I could, you know, I was able to play along with records or whatnot. Um, I did start taking lessons because my dad was like, I think if you did this, you'd get a lot better, you know? And I was like, okay, cool. So we, we tried it. And then um, it was over at Willis Music and I think the Oxmoor Mall at the time. Um, is that where the Willis Willis music used to be? Yes, way, it I, I, yep, it yeah, was. Yeah, and uh, yeah, my uh, guitar instructor, he was awesome. And, you know, I like, I would do well and really enjoy the lessons because he'd be showing me these things, but then he'd give me these assignments and I'd go home and I'd be like, he'd be like, just practice these. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't want to do homework. Like, that's why I'm, <laughs> that's why I'm playing my guitar. Like I, it's my escape from all the school and homework that I don't like, <laughs> like, you know, like that was literally, and that, that was it. Like that was what, and I was so, I did not do well with lessons, but I have, taken some instruction once I, once I was disciplined myself as like a, you know, a teenage to adult guitar player, then I was like, okay, I need to learn how to, I want to learn how to do, you know, this kind of playing and this, that, and the other, but. You know, um, talking about your friend and, and his, his, uh, was it his son? Yes. I think that's, what's good about the things like school of rock now where kids can go and take a little different approach to, oh, to learning. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, playing with a band and learning songs that you like, and 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 uh, like you said, not getting into just practicing scales and music theory and chord progressions, but learn this ACDC song with your other seven buddies here, mm -hmm. and exactly. learn how to learn how to get that feel with other people, man. It's massively important. Yeah. And I think when you're a kid like that, and they see the enthusiasm from other kids that are learning, or maybe a step above them, and they've you know, breached a little bit more of that. They, they maybe even piques their interest more. Going, I want to get to where they're at. So that might yes. be a good suggestion for your, your yeah, uh, your absolutely. Buddy. And it puts yeah. them on a stage. They get that fever. The, yeah, they'll have, <laughs> they'll have more stage time than any of us uh, in no time, man. I know Melanie and those those guys over at Louisville School of Rock are trying to yeah. book stuff now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're keeping a lot of stuff going on. Heck yeah! Oh yeah. So when did you start playing with uh, other people? Uh, I I started jamming with people like probably in I was in middle school, yeah, because I remember um, my buddy. <laughs> we wanted to have a band called the Confused Residents <laughs> because this one of our friend's brothers worked at this retirement home and the old, you know, the older people with, you know, that had like dementia and stuff and Alzheimer's, they would call them the confused residents. <laughs> and we were just like all super into jackass and just being stupid kids. Like we were just into being, doing dumb things, you know? So we were like, that would be a perfect name for our band. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> the band never even really became a thing. My buddy, me and my buddy, Joe, he played drums and I played guitar, but, um, I, 
I did. I actually, the first time I had played in a band was for mom's rock school. Um, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was, uh, I was 17, I think. Um, because like I jammed with other people and whatnot, but that was a big problem. Like just, you know, in middle school and high school, like I, I played, I was, you know, I, I, I was a guitar player and I was always trying to find people to play with and be in bands with. But when I would ask people, a lot of times they'd look at me like I had two heads and I was like, it's like, what? Like, I just, I'm <laughs> like, you know, it's like, if, and they played an instrument. Like if they played drums or, or, or were bass players or like was a singer, or, you know, pianist or whatever. And I'd say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, we're, you know, and I, and I had also started playing with, um, Brad, I was telling you earlier, you know, um, my very, one of my very first, it, it was my very first gig. Um, Neil Brad was telling me you guys are out in like Fairdale area. Uh-huh. And my very first like gig when I was in high school um, was at um, the Bulldog Cafe. <laughs> and uh, We've all yeah. played there, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, so wait, you play too? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. From well, from time to time, I guess not. It, not much anymore. Yeah, nobody okay. does. But yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I've definitely had my my good times at the Bulldog Cafe back under in the many day. names. Yeah, right on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's where um, when I played there. That was before I did the. That was before I did rock school. When we did rock school, it was it was cool. Like because that was you know like like you like you were saying you know they 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 get you in a room with other people that are in the same age group have the same, you know, similar, you know, interests in music. And, um, and it, yeah, it was just the, the learning how to play with other people is it's, it's really a, it's a completely different monster than it is to playing one on your own and also playing along with even a record, mm-hmm. you know, like getting the feel for somebody else's like rhythm or just chemistry in general. Like it's like if somebody has a chemistry that sparks you, mm-hmm good then you're going to play differently and like it's going to bring things out of you that it wouldn't if you were just playing with yourself or even any anybody else which is a really cool thing with about music is like you know if me and neil are jamming together neil you might play completely different than if me and brad jam together yeah and you know i'm sorry if neil and brad jam together you know it's like it's the crazy part about all that stuff too man is you add an element you know say uh Say we're in that situation where we're playing together and it feels okay, but then Brad comes in, sits down, and then all of a sudden something just clicks. I mean, there's you spoke of uh, chemistry. It's crazy how that can form itself within playing in groups and then playing with different people and and uh, and, and even adding another element and it, it, everything changes the dynamic and the the speaking being able to you know kind of speak the and play the language of music gives you just such an, an advantage. I think. When it comes to situations like that where you're meeting new people or meeting new band members or meeting people that play music. And, you know, even like when you said uh, you were asking people that were that could play music, hey, do you want to do this? And they looked at you funny, but they probably hadn't experienced that yet. You know, yeah. once you once you find that, it's hard not to always want to be like, hey, let's play some music. You know, if you play, let's play. <laughs> totally. Yeah, man. Now, that's a good way to put it, too. Like, they, you know, once like... Because, you know, I had jammed with a couple other people and it was like, it was just so much more fun than it is, you know, like it, yeah, you're nervous at first, but it's like when you, you know, get to, you, you meet somebody, you know, like when you're going to, when you're still in school and you like, don't know how to like be social or whatever, mm-hmm. like before you like learn any social skills, which being a musician's de- de- has absolutely helped with that too. But like, 
you know, it's like, be, you know, there, there really is nothing like it. You know, when you get in a room with somebody and you, you, it's like, all right, let's just, let's go. What are we going to do? Well, let's have at it. You know, after you started playing guitar and doing all the, when did you start writing? Um, well, right before we played me and my friend, her name's Katie Talbert. She was the first person I ever wrote music with and like performed, performed original music with maybe was that the first time I ever performed it might have been like actually like on a stage it might I think it actually was yeah so it was I was like 16 15 15 at the earliest and um 16 at the latest when I when I actually started writing like lyrics and stuff I used to write you know instrumental songs when I was like 12 and 13 you know (laughs) stuff just like I would kind of come up with things on my own and like that would always usually that would usually come from accidental stuff. If I would like try to learn a song and then I would like actually like go along and play, try to play with it then, you know? And then I'd be mm-hmm. like, Oh wait, this is totally different, but it's cool. Yeah. You know, like, and that was honestly how I, I used to kind of write songs that they would just <laughs> accidentally come to me. Hey man, flattery, you know, you played something <laughs> else. And it's like, okay, okay. Okay. Just move along. Right? Let's do this. This sounds better. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I was I was like late, you know, mid mid to late teens when I when I when I got into writing. So, what age did you really start getting into uh, playing with a band and rehearsing regularly and doing shows? And at, at what point did did you start thinking, yeah, I might try to make something of this? Um, my very first band when um when I was like. I was seven, 18. I just turned 18 and, uh, we did, you know, we were, we, we only did covers at the time because like the music that I had been writing was like, it was real, it was all acoustic stuff. It was, it, there was very few rock things I had written, but then like, I kind of got into, you know, learning how to, how to, uh, right pro you know i got better at singing and whatnot to where it was like i was able to like kind of i had more of a a vibe for you know the what it was to be a rock and roll singer because it's a lot different than doing like americana like you know singer songwriter stuff right like just Mm -hmm. and um so then uh it was probably like we didn't really do many shows that very first band but then um I formed another band and it was, we were called uh, one giant leap. And we used to play, we actually played at the, our very first show at the bulldog cafe as well. Cause I was like, okay, where can I book a show? I was, oh, I know. I can't remember the guy's name. The big guy used to work. Eddie Lanham. Who? No, no, wasn't Eddie. it Eddie? No, no. Who uh, had the bulldog cafe? Bulldog uh, cafe. It was uh, not Carl. He was, he was the big, big guy. And like his mom was the one that was everyone called grandma or mama. She would, Sat in the wheelchair and she was real like mean. Yeah, heavy, heavy set. <laughs> yeah, I can I can picture him. Heavy set guy with like a brown burr haircut. And he always uh, he always like he either had an apron on or he had his shirt tucked in like real tight. Uh, <laughs> I remember because he was a he was he was a big 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 tall dude. You know what I mean? Like he looked like he was like a like a offensive like tackle. Yeah. Aubrey was his last name, I think. Is that right, Aubrey? <sighs> John Aubrey, Terry Harper, no, you know, for sure, because we Terry used to do Terry shows. That's there, like you did some shows yes. with Terry. 
No, um, I, I knew Terry. Actually, my wife worked with Terry on putting together uh, some shows, including the the one up at Waverly. Oh, shit, yeah. man. Yeah. I'm so... I hate so much that I missed that show because they it only did insane. it one time. <laughs> it was insane. Hey, yeah, they, it was so insane they only did it one time. Yeah, because that was the, uh, Lamb of God was the headliner, wasn't it? Yeah, Lamb. Of, it was unbelievable. Lamb of God. It had a. Uh, uh, were they in the building? Where was where did no, the show they, take place? It was outside. Where actually, where a the place uh, is haunted, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, but there's actually a still house. They're, they're doing making bourbon there now. So Whoa, I didn't know that. The, yeah, well, there, it's called Waverly Spirits. I don't think it's out yet. I don't know if it's it's uh, even that's a podcast, man. I yeah, know we need to get them. Yeah, but that that'd be a good one for Kim to talk about. But yeah, Terry and and my wife were the ones that put that on. Now Terry got all the acts, but my wife was working uh, new Tina and Charlie really well and was working with them at Waverly. And and the what I remember about that day, not only was it insane, the lineups were insane, but I didn't get to watch a second of anything because they were so overwhelmed by the amount of people that showed up. They expected maybe a thousand people and ended up being like 20,000, 15,000. It was insane. <laughs> I can so imagine if you have good music because people like to go there just well, to be there. It right. was like, well, there's no parking on Waverly, so nobody parked there. They all had to park down. And so there was a walking line down East Pages to get to, <laughs> to Waverly and Dixie and everywhere. And the biggest thing I remember was Everything was cash. I mean, there was just, it was crazy. But by 1 p.m., they, we were out of water. It was 105 That's degrees. That's what I heard. 100% humidity. <laughs> yeah. So we would just. Waverly stock. It was nuts. Yeah. So we were just trying to get people. We were just trying to get people to get water to the place. You know, I think I made a run or two. But uh, we had sent people out all day. We got to have water. We got to have water. They, I mean. No water. When was this? What year are we talking about? Do you remember? 2007. That sounds about right. Yeah, it was definitely, it was between 2006 and 2008. It wasn't any, it was, yeah, it was. That sounds about, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so sorry, I didn't mean to, but you just kind of (laughs) reminded me because you said Terry Harper, man. I was like, oh, yeah, Yeah, Terry. That was, (laughs) I I remember hearing about that. And like, I mean, that that was honestly like right when I found out about Lamb of God too, because I didn't really start getting into like to like metal or even, you know, newer or any kind of metal really until until pretty much like I got out of high school because that was like classic rock up until you know, um, high school and then high school, you know, country and then, you know, breaking Benjamin and, you know, mm-hmm. like Nickelback and all these other bands that was like, okay, this is cool. This is like new stuff, but you know, I've never really heard of before. And then I graduated and then I found out like about Avenged Sevenfold and mm-hmm. Lamb of God. And that's when I started listening to like Pantera and like found out mm-hmm. about all these, all these like just in, in amazing new bands and opened up this whole new world for me. But I remember I was working, I used to work at mom's music and oh, wow. I was I worked in right when they opened the the location on Melwood. They they had opened the coffee shop, and I was like a, I was the barista, which I had no idea what I was doing. But I was like, I'm going to work here because <laughs> they're going to give me a discount on instruments. So I don't, I don't care what you pay me, anyways. Um, but I remember hearing about that show and like when it was what was it called? Do you remember the name of it? It was like haunted something or um. So, uh, 
I don't, you know what? I don't remember. You know who I, I just do remember who co- uh, co-headlined was Guar. Oh, so was, right. And, and Lama, <laughs> so it was Guar, and then Lama God, uh, God had just been either nominated or won a Grammy. Yeah, that was like right. That was like wow. Right, right after the Redneck record, right? It was like right yes. after the um, whatever that one was. That would be cool to have a promo poster for that. Yeah, I, I, I it was. I'll never forget that. I got. <laughs> I, my haunted memories of Waverly are that day. Because <laughs> you were in charge. I was in charge of, of figuring out <laughs> of how water. to get water. I really wasn't in charge. I was just, I was doing whatever I was told. Yeah, man. No, I remember hearing that though. That I remember that I vividly hearing that. was like, you know, it might have even been gotten in the, like the Leo and the Velocity or something like about, like, I remember hearing from several people that like there was a water shortage and it was like in like hot mm. summer day and people were throwing big old chunks of dirt and mud and shit or whatever like it was, it was nuts like yeah so i was like damn it man and i had to work that day i was like oh that was uh, that sounds yeah. like a legendary night or day the other the other thing i do remember is looking out while in between running doing water runs i mean this is midday it's probably five o'clock and i don't remember who's on but in the middle of the field it looks like it looks like a bee swarm. The mosh pit's so big, dude. It is just insane. Dude's just running from one side to the other. I mean, this is in this gigantic field. It just, it's, it was insane. Yeah, man, you shouldn't have worked that day. It was yeah. nuts. Well, and then I, I've only seen Lamb of God one time, and it was, I believe it was a Terry Harper show too. Is at Expo Five? Oh yeah. And um, I was actually. I lived in LA. I lived in Los Angeles for like almost ten years, and I was coming home for Christmas one year. This was like two thousand and. 12 or 13 one of the two and they were playing at expo five and not i mean it was i i was blown away by the performance but i was equally terrified by watching their mosh pit because it was like mm-hmm. it wasn't like you know like i said sevenfold or like you know when i I'd, I'd seen you know even like as i lay dying and like to be honest, like Slipknot, like seeing those bands, like the Lamb of God pit was intimidating. Mm. It was, it wasn't like, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, a bunch of teenagers. And I mean, there were teenagers, you know what nah, I mean? There, like there, 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 there were, there were, there were young people in there, but I mean, it was like, dude, it was like, <laughs> you that didn't want like, huh? <laughs> like it, yeah, like, yeah. and which was cool. I was like, holy man, this is like, this seems like a heavyweight mosh pit. <laughs> <laughs> what what took you to LA? Uh I moved out there with a band. Uh to the so the the guys we were, we were in that band One Giant Leap and so we played around like, you know, the local scene for about 2 years, I'd say, no more than 2 and then we then transitioned from so with the kind of music we were playing was like uh psychedelic meets like new metal like i was really into incubus and then like mm-hmm. bands like chevelle and then so okay. i was like trying to have this you know we, it, it was cool you know and and people dug us we booked some some good gigs around town and whatnot but then i was like i really started getting into like guns and roses and motley Crue and acdc and then i was like okay i kind of want to play this kind of music so um we formed this band called bolt action thrill and uh we moved we moved out there in 2009 and um yeah we you know we played a lot of cool places like the whiskey and the roxy and the viper room and um then that 
you know, we, we, we recorded one record out there and it was like Southern rock. You know, we, we did for, first, first, I'm sorry, going back first, we were really into like, like I said, GNR and, and crew and stuff. And then, um, once we got out there, it was like, you know, with the way we started writing and then this producer we met, he was like, you know, thinking that it would be a good direction for us to like, do kind of like a ZZ top Skinner and black crows kind of thing. Cause there wasn't really a lot of that happening out there. And I was like, well, shit, yeah, we're into those bands too. So, we kind of gave boy, that. You a- talk like a southern rock singer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, yeah, yeah. And uh, so we 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 played for a couple years, and then I joined a band um, called Future Villains, and that was like the 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 I was in that band the longest um, of my time there. I was in that band for about six years, and that was that was a lot of fun too. We did some really cool stuff. We did a few tours with the band. You know who Steel Panther is. Yeah, we did a few tours with them, <laughs> and um, we recorded some records and whatnot. And then that, you know that that fell to that fell to shit too. And then I started doing my own thing and came back home and yeah, sort of making my own records. I was tired of being in bands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So I was going to ask about that because I mean, you you know, you think about those venues everybody's heard of, and you guys were playing to large crowds there, and. Uh, you know, it seemed like it was going pretty well. I, I was that was going to be my next question. You know, what what made you want to leave that and and go out on your own? Um, well, so it was like it was just a combination. Like doing my own thing was a combination of like what had happened with all the bands I had been in, not just those two. I'd been in a couple other, a few other bands, but nowhere near as like those were the two bands that I was actually like kind of like just had legitimately dedicated my life to. You know, like I would just kind of drop everything else, girlfriends, jobs, whatever. It's like, this is what I'm doing. It's like, this is this band is my number one and main priority. But it was, you know, with the, at the, towards the end of Future Villains, like, you know, we had gotten an investor and like, um, just went a lot of money and started coming around and like, and we were doing, we were doing fine on our own and whatnot. But then this guy comes around and then kind of seems like we're going to get taken to this next level and, it started to, you know, we started working in, you know, we got to record in Sunset Sound and like NRG Studios, which are oh, wow. very, very top-notch studios out there. And like, you know, there was just a lot of money being thrown around. And then, you know, people started getting put on retainers and not, not me, you know, um, but, um, and I was the singer. <laughs> and, you know, I was always, that's the thing is like, and I think that's part of like why, you know, being starting as a guitar player, like I'm not the typical like greedy front man, like, oh, I need to be, if, you know, I'm the guy that's running the show or whatever. That's never been my thing. I've always been a team player, but um, just when a lot of money came around, people started getting greedy and things started getting weird and it just caused a lot of, uh, you know, friction. And I was just like, we weren't making deadlines. We weren't, you know, getting things done. Everything was like, well, no, you know, this guy says it's going to take this much time now. And it's like, no, I'm out. I'm tired of waiting around for shit. And, to happen, I was like, I'm, I'm done. So I kind of just took a break. Once I quit that band, you know, I started playing with some other buddies and I was in like some other cover bands just to make some money and whatnot. And there's kind of figuring, just taking a break mentally and like waiting for something to come and also like just enjoying not having the pressure of doing that anymore. But then I came home for uh, Thanksgiving one year. This was 2017. And I was writing, I'd been writing a bunch of songs on my own and played them for some of my buddies. And they were like, why don't you just do a solo thing? Like, forget about being in a band. Like, which, which I'm not, I don't want to say this is a bad thing because I have a band, I have a band now and they like, like, they're great. And like, they, you know, but they're playing, they're, they're playing my songs with me and whatnot. It's not, it's not like the dynamic of like, you know, 
um, it's just, it's different it, as far as things are right now. But, uh, um, it, it, it's like, you can, you know, I was able, I was writing my own songs and it's like, you can sing, you can play guitar. It's like, just do, you know, go off and do your own thing. And I was like, yeah, that's, that sounds good actually, you know, because I was doing a lot of the, not just the writing and, you know, studio work and this, that, and the other, but like, it's, I'm, I'm also real. I love doing like, I like logistics. I like, I like booking shows. I like doing other things creatively that are, that aren't don't involve the music, you know, just moving forward mm-hmm. with like making things happen, you know? And like, I'm so it was like when I was being in a band, it's like, you have to, you know, work just to, just to book a week's worth of rehearsals can be a pain in the ass working around <laughs> everybody else's schedule. So it's like, well, shit, if I can do things on my own, then I can just do shit whenever I could want to or can, you know? So Is- when you did do that, when you decided to make that change in 2017, um, did you find that kind of having the, uh, your name on the top of it and it being you and you being able to put a band behind you to play the stuff that you have written and did you find it kind of takes the pressure off to having to, I don't want it to sound bad or anything, but you, 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 in turn become the boss of look this is this is what we're doing and here's when we practice here's if it, you're a member of this you're going to get paid as such if if you know uh, we play a gig and all these things i mean did you find it a little bit more um to where you were able to kind of move pieces around at points in time and not necessarily feel that you had to not necessarily give because you're given a ton by writing these songs and, and doing these things, but you also are kind of taking a leader, more of a lead role in, instead of kind of being, uh, I don't know what necessarily no. want to say hand. Do you know what I'm saying? Asking. I, I absolutely know. Yeah. And that, and that, that, that's also like a, no, that it, 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 it was, it's a very, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's a double-sided sword because it's like, yes, it's like, Hey, here's the songs I've already written them. Um, you know, this is just how the parts go, you know, and I'm like, put your own flavor on them if mm-hmm. you want, but just if it's not going to work when we do it live or whatever, then I'm going to tell you because it's, you know, you know, and, and I, and, and I'm usually pretty, as long as people play in time and play the right notes, like, and they don't mm-hmm. like go too crazy with playing, you know, yep. drum fills and bass licks or whatever. And it's like, okay, cool. And like, I'm, I'm cool with, and I, and I would prefer the songs to be different than they are on the record. You know, mm-hmm. like I'd like a yeah. little bit of change for the live show, but um, that is nice as far as like because and I don't I don't just write I, I'm not the only writer of my songs. Like I I write every song that I have I I have I have a piece in writing, but some of the songs like you know probably half the songs in the record are co-writes. You know, I like and mm-hmm. so I'm not like one of those guys that's like oh no I wrote these songs and this is because you know because I'm this master songwriter or whatever. But yeah. it is nice going to the musicians and like. Hey, sending them this and then, and all, you know, and it's also another thing, a great thing too. Like when you're a band, if one person can't make a gig, then you can't do that gig. When you're a solo artist, you can hire other people, Mm -hmm. you know, so that, that, that's an advantage too, even though, even though with my band, like the guys that I have like, you know, I, we only did two shows last year. Obviously, you know, obviously shit, shit changed last year, but like, yeah. I didn't want to really play with anybody else because like, it, I, I don't want to say that. Like, I know a lot of great players, but I just like, I want to, these two guys that got, um, uh, Alex Roberts, he's a bass player. And then Justin Shaw, 
uh, as the drummer. Uh, they're both very, very great. They're awesome guys. We get along well. And I'm, it's just like, it works, you know, and we've only, we've only, we've only gotten together, you know, a handful of times really. But, um, anyways, yeah, it's, but, 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 but the weird, what I was saying, the double-sided sword of things, double-sided sword things is, um, it's like, I do feel strange promoting myself still as just like a solo artist instead of like, oh yeah, I'm in this, you know, I, I play music. Oh, are you in a band? Uh, yeah, you know, we're called we're called future villains or whatever, you know, like that 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 was a lot for whatever reason it was more like palatable and easier for me to say than yeah, you know, oh yeah. no, you know, it's just it's just I'm just Dusty Bow, you know, it's just look up <laughs> Dusty Bow and I it just, it just I still I can't I haven't gotten used to it yet if you know I yeah. ever will, but anyway, so, yeah. it, it always feels self-grandizing, you know, you feel like you're <laughs> trying to tell somebody you're this. I, I'm with you on that, man. Yeah, um, are are those guys the same guys that recorded? Uh, on the album that you have? No, they did not. So that they, okay. I, I, I came across them um, after I had written and recorded the songs, but they will absolutely be when the next record, and we'll probably start recording the next record this year. Um, Cause it's, you know, the, the, this current, my, my album that's coming out this year, once that's done, I want to just, kind of get right back at it and you know so we're we're gonna start getting together for rehearsals next month and and get into writing mode too because i don't know i don't know what shows are going to be like right now you know so mm-hmm. i'm not going to worry about like getting ready for like an immediate tour or nothing you know yeah i don't think you're going anywhere anytime soon <laughs> yeah. so. speaking of dusty <laughs> bow and, and records let's let's hear some dusty bow heck cool. yeah man i can't believe we've gotten this far into it usually it, yeah. we're like 20 minutes in before we listen to the first song i've got bandit ready to go dusty you want right to set on. that up for us yeah. Tell us a little about it. So this is okay. So Bandit is uh, track three of the album, and uh, the album's a concept album about a gunfighter uh, moving out to the wild west to you know pursue a pursue a wildlife. Oh, cool. So this That's is awesome. Yeah. So this is Bandit. This is this is where he gets hired to rob a train. So it's, it's a train robbery because he's a bandit. Okay. And it, is this available now? It is available. Yeah. All all platforms. All platforms. Okay. The video. The right. music video will be coming out. Hopefully. At the at the latest March. Awesome. All right, Dusty yep. Bow Bandit. Cool. Here we go. The sun's gonna shine and the wind's gonna blow when you're riding. The hall in the car at the front of the line is a diamond. Where did you all record that at? Uh, that was recorded at um, that was recorded in Los Angeles at a a lockout studio. I think it was just called Downtown Rehearsals. It was this um, big warehouse that was owned by one of the 
not Mustaine, but one of the guys from Megadeth, um, one of the, the, the guitar players, former guitar players or bass players or somebody that was in that band for a while. And it was just this giant, like, epic warehouse. It was probably six stories tall. Not not just a warehouse, but like a, a building. It was probably six stories tall and like, I don't know, probably close to 100 yards long. Um, no, probably 60, 60 <laughs> 50 or 60 yards long. Um, and it was just full of rehearsal rooms. Like it was just, it was like a pretty much, a, it almost looked like a big, looked like a hospital, honestly, from the highway. But it was like, it was all just rehearsals and recording studios. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so that sounds phenomenal. That's the very first, when I was listening early, the first thing that caught my ear was the quality was awesome. And, and I, I love that song, man. I love the, the style, stylistically, it's just killer. I love Thank the you, drive. Man. And, uh, I, I'm sure that everybody, once they listen to these three in a row, are going to go, well, they all have their own thing. But yeah, yeah man, that, throughout all of it, the, it's just that thing just drives. It. I think it reminds me of being on a train. Awesome. You know, and being, you know, just got that a song. fast horse, man. That song's got somewhere to be and it's going to get there and you better get on with it. A fast yeah. horse was, with guns on both hips, there you man. Go. Oh, dude, I love that. Wait till you guys see the music video, man, because that's, it's, it's, it's very, uh, you know, obviously, I, I, you know, I wasn't able to, I don't really have the budget to film some guys like riding, you know, horses and robbing a train. So I had this, my buddy of mine, his name's Carl Gukins, who, um, he's a great artist. He's an animator and he does, uh, he, 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 him and his good friend, um, have all, have started to make this graph, write this graphic novel and, um, it, that's a whole other thing I'll get into, but either way, Carl Gukins, Carl Gukins, is the artist and he is doing like a animation style video to where oh, it's, cool. you know, it's so, it's so it'll actually be able to like some wild shit's going to ha you know, happens in the video, but it's, you know, <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, ex I'm really excited. That's awesome. Yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be yeah. amazing. Yeah. So when I listened to this song today, it, it was actually the first song I listened to and I thought, uh, thought it'd be a good one to uh, put first in the podcast. And then I followed it up with, uh, all I Can Dream, which was like a pretty drastic change. <laughs> Big old yeah. change up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they kind of had that. Do you do uh, an acoustic set or anything during your shows? Or how do, how do you fit the two types together? Uh, I've only done All I Can Dream. Well, I do, when I do like, I, I play bar gigs a lot. That was, you know, my main source of income for a couple of years. And so I would play that one pretty much any time there was like people that wanted to, I would play that one a lot. Um, and, um, but bandit, like I usually only play that with the band, you know, mm -hmm. um, cause it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's like playing, you know, back in black or, you know what I mean? It's just kind of, it's, it's like, you know what I mean? Not, not to compare it to that song, but it's like, it's just got, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't translate as well. It doesn't hit the same. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, same pop. yeah. But the first time I did do, I did play all I can dream was, you know, we were, we were, we were playing. It was actually at the Viper Room, and because we, me and my my good friend Luke Powers, we we went out there a few times and did sets uh, uh, between like two thousand and two thousand eighteen and two thousand and nineteen. Um, and I we we you know did full band set a full we did a full band set the first time we went out there, and um, for that song for all I can dream, we you know we just everybody just kind of held back and and i was like all right i'm you know do do a 
an acoustic song right now and I just and I did it on my own. It was and it felt cool. Mm. It was a cool change in dynamic, you know, like from going from like rocking people right and you know kicking them in, in their face with you know loud guitars and drums and whatnot. And it's like all right, we're gonna bring it down for a second, you know. So, so that song's been around for a little while. It has been, but I just I just released it. Um, that that's actually my latest single. When that came out in November or December, <laughs> I can't even okay. remember. Yeah, I, that, 20, that, 2020, yeah. man. Just, yeah, they all, all those months ran together. Yeah, who, who's the who's the vocalist with you on there? Uh, oh, her name is Emily. I I'm so upset. I can't remember her last name right now. She so she's that that's the uh, my producer and engineers girlfriend phenomenal okay. phenomenal singer um and uh that's just the tip of the iceberg of what she can do i mean she can a girl can sing anything so it was really cool getting her to do that and it was that was like that was the, the first thing they sent me i was like i don't don't change anything <laughs> I was like, I, that, that's, how it, that's how it needs to be and like they she, she nailed it she nailed let's it. go ahead and listen to a little bit of all i can dream cool all right let's do it Watching you in that me getting all dolled up. Your makeup ain't heavy. You got your hair in a bun. You catch me in the reflection, staring you down. Then we go back to getting ready for a night on a town. We got a Sunday's best on, half drunk off the line. You fall in my arms. For the second time I played some big stages Made some big wages Seen more than most will see And darling, right here with you Is all I can dream Yeah, man. Yeah. So, who, uh, who did you co-write that one? No, that one's all me. Actually, that's one of my own. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah I dig that, man. That Thank was you. a big. Uh, see, I, I listened to uh, what was it? Burn me first, mm -hmm. and then that one. So it was a major change up yeah. as well. So it's like, man, I don't know if most people how they listen to music, but. I like everything. So when I hear somebody that does everything and, and a little bit bits and pieces of different stuff, man, I, I fall I fall into that a lot. And I definitely lean in when I hear uh, different ideas come from the same person. So I was digging it. Right on, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Hey, Dusty, we asked you uh, when we were setting this up uh, what you thought about maybe doing a live performance. What are you thinking about that? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. what, what, what's your instrument you're playing tonight? I got a uh, a Martin. Oh, I can, I can never remember this. It's a, a CPE 
13, I think. They have such strange names. I wish it was just a, a Fender Stratocaster, one. but it's a it's a Martin. Um, it's a badass guitar. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a great guitar that I um, I love playing and I I play all the time. And it's my main gig guitar and yeah. So I'm gonna uh, yeah. What are you gonna play for us? Play this guy up real quick. So there's uh, well, I'll, I actually, you know what, I'll. I'll I kind of want to, um, I guess, give you guys the options. There, there's, there's two songs that I, I, I would like to play. They're, they're going to be the next two that come out. So all I can dream is going to be a part of another uh, three song EP. So awesome. the other, the other two songs, you know, I can play uh, one of those two. One of them is "Words Don't Mean Much," and the the other one is called "The Red." Ooh. And if you want me to go into kind of what they might be about, or you can just pick from the title, or or well, I you could, could you could just play both, or I yeah. could just play both. I could, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then yeah, okay, cool. I'll play them. I'll play them both. There you go. All right. Okay, so I'll start off with uh, words don't mean much. So this one is going to be. This was just kind of. I'm I'm not a big into like conspiracy theories and this that and the other, but I I definitely am like one of those guys that doesn't believe in a lot of the bullshit that society brings. Mm. And um, for whatever, however you want to take that. But yeah, that's, that's kind of what this song is about. Sweet. All right. Words don't mean much. I grew up in church Singing songs of the Lord Confessing all my sins To a man I didn't know Hearing him preach the lessons Words from a good book the only lessons that I held on to From the wine that I took I drank the wine and I ate the bread Worshipped a man that nobody's met Giving rich to the richer And faith to the poor Words from that church don't mean much to me anymore. She told me we'd be together until our dying days. So I brought her home to meet my family. Left me anyway. I did everything I could to make her feel happy and loved. I guess the promises she made to me were all just a bluff. I took her to the movie. And I brought her flowers 
Gave her all my heart, all my soul, all my hours She talked like my woman, but she walked like a whore Words from that girl don't mean much to me anymore Folks on those TV screens You know the ones reading the news Feeding fear and hatred To people like me and you Telling us what to believe What to do and what we should buy No matter which side that you're on It's all still alive Some folks will cry And some folks complain Others are crazy The rest are insane I try not to listen Just keep moving forward Cause the words from them folks Don't mean much to me anymore Words from them folks Don't mean much to me anymore Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. That's good, man. Excellent. Hey, thanks a lot, man. That <laughs> was awesome. Yeah. So this is going to be on an upcoming uh, three-song EP that you got coming up, and that's going to be with All I Can Dream and that? Yes. Uh, oh. Yeah, all, all I Can Dream and, and this one, and then one other one, The Red. The Red. So, Dusty, I think uh, you might be going country, man. <laughs> hey well no here's the thing that's you know what I, I wanted to like touch base on this and we can later should i no we can touch on yeah, whatever go ahead and touch it okay uh <laughs> wait wait uh, what no. wait, what? <laughs> that's so funny um so can you guys still hear me okay by the way yeah, yeah. yeah. okay good um i'm gonna set set my guitar down real quick you know neil neil when you were saying something about um, you know, like not being when, when you hear when not not wanting to hear you know two of the same uh songs in a row, like the same same kinds of songs, like artists you know nowadays. Mm-hmm. It's like it's so you know it, there's so much of just like the certain direction that artists take, and mm-hmm. I I um that that was a big part of this album, you know was I like all kinds of music. I, I like to listen to all kinds of music. I like to play. I like to write all kinds of different music. And I was like, I, 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 over my, all the years I've had in, in the music industry, I've heard from so many people, you know, whether they're suits or just, you know, band members or whoever that's like, well, we can't have a song that sounds like this. And then another one that sounds like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why the fuck not? Like, yeah. like if we're not on a label and we're not like, getting told we're not like literally have like under contract of what we have to do, which I'm not, you know, I'm on my own. It's like, I can write and perform 
whatever the hell I want to, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of like, in a way, a subliminal statement with this record is like, there's country songs, there's Southern rock songs. There's one that's the damn near heavy metal song. There's (laughs) rock and roll. There's Americana, you know, it's like, I just, and because that's, you know, it also, it is, it is all part of a story of, you know, a concept of this gunfighter. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, at the same time, I, I really, I like that too. When I hear an artist and I'm like, damn, that sounds like a completely different band than the last song I heard from them. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like, you know, and, and, and I get, I, I also like the, the cohesive, you know, when I listen I like listening to song b- bands that sound like Leonard Skinner, you know, like I mm-hmm. like when I, you know, I do like that too, but I really like a variety as well because I think oh, yeah. it's like, just, it shows, you know, just different emotion, you know, different, th- different, different feelings from somebody. I think it shows evolution, man. You know, and, uh, to be able to, to do that and even to have a, have a uh, concept album and then followed up with the three song EP. That's just because those songs aren't different. You know, they all have a theme. What you did and what you're doing has changed a ton, and that's that's what I really like. Um, right on. Thank you, you. you know, when you when you see good artists or good bands that that put out an album and it's amazing. And then they put out an, another album, and it's the same exact album they put out before. I mean, that's it's like okay, I, that's who they sound like. But when you hear somebody put out a record, and then the next record sounds completely different, but it's just as good in a different way, that's when it's like okay, they they've evolved into yes. this new thing that is just as badass as they were when they were doing the thing that they did last time that made them badass to begin with. So, uh, just kind of like the evolution of the, of the concept album to this man, it's it's the the fact that you can you know kind of switch gears do that thing you could do it with the band or completely acoustic especially probably the upcoming ep and uh strip it down as much as you want or build it up as much as you want but it still doesn't change the fact that there is a gear switch and then i'm sure the next thing is going to be another gear switch because i think the people that uh like you that have the ability to not get stuck in a lane uh, and and mm-hmm. and write in different ways. Don't get caught in that trap as much, right? You know, speaking of switching gears, I'm thinking we ought to we ought to change up a, a little bit here and go back to burn me. <laughs> we got to listen right. to burn and me, then, man, and real then, quick. And then, Dusty, what we'll do is we'll let you play us out at the end of the podcast with your uh, with the red with your other live performance three. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. That and great. burn me was the one today. I listened to it three times. Are you kidding? And this is the I, one. I was listening to the lyrics. I, I, I'm I'm just curious to see what, what what's the what's the song about. What what was your thinking there when you wrote those lyrics? Well, that honestly, it, the, it ties into what happened with me being in bands, um, mm-hmm. like with what happened, especially with the last band um, I was in where, you know, it's, it was just kind of using, using this one line as an example. Um, you're always blind to something when your eye is on the prize. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like if you think of a racehorse when he's got blinders on, what's he see? He sees right in front of him. He doesn't see what could be hitting him from the sides, you know, for... Cause he's, you know, he's, he's chasing that finish line. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, me and my band were in this lane and we were racing towards the finish line of success or whatever. And then we got blindsided by these, by these guys that wanted to be, a, wanted, wanted to, whether they wanted to crash us or whether they wanted to, you know, 
um, bring us to success, but either way they latched onto us and they fucked everything up. So mm. it was kind of that, that, that's where it comes from. You know, I started as the hunter, I soon became the prey, you know, I was, mm. I was going after something and then another, another animal hunted me down while I was in my pursuit. So, but okay. yeah, that's in a nutshell, that's what it's written about. But after, you know, you know, play it, then after I'll tell you how it ties in with the concept album, because it's a little bit different, <laughs> but not, not, not too far from, from okay. what burn me. Ah, yeah. yeah. That's a good one. Tell you what, man. All the uh, cool, the cool, intricacies cool. of the stops in the, the, I dig it. I love that song. Thank you. I love the feel of that song. Yeah, there's a lot Thank of movement you. in that recording too. You a feel. ton. Yeah, yeah. A ton. Even from the beginning, the opening guitar, like it's like there's some. Uh, Seem like there's some panning going on there. Yeah. Go forward, back, side to side. I always like anytime I find myself throwing my head back on a on a, a, a an and like a one and. You know, it's like uh-huh. <laughs> that's when I know I was like, oh, oh, yeah. It just yeah. And, hit, and hitting your air symbol at the end of a break. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so Man. tell how's that one tie into the concept? So I, I honestly, this was not planned. I just, I just now realized this. So bandit, the, the, the track listing will go bandit, burn me. So bandit song three, burn me a song four. And the one I'm about to play you, the red is song five. (laughs) Um, Because so, so bandit is when, oh shit, that's a lie. I'm sorry. (laughs) Damn it, Dusty. Uh, but it's, it's, I was it, getting ready to tell you it, what the video concept still, needed to be, still, man. <laughs> you know, it's still somewhat in the order. It's but I'm missing a song. The conductor, which has been released, is is the one that's that's missing from from this. But so Bandit is when he robs the train. Yeah. Um, the conductor is pretty much when he finds out that he's being double crossed by the the boss that hired him to rob the train. Like he, the 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 conductor was actually like tipped off that there were going to be these guys robbing the train. So then he, you know, he was like going to take this pretty much kill them off and then get the loot. And then, you know, he was, he was on the side with the boss. So they, the, you know, the bandit was double crossed, whatever. So then after the conductor 
becomes burn me. So, and and that part of the story is pretty much when the uh, the main character, whose name is Fox, so um, you know the, the 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 title of the album is the Vulture and the Fox, and Vulture was the name of the first EP, which Vulture is his horse. Fox is this next EP. If I'm getting confusing, stop me. No, no, this is cool. Here's what I'm wondering. Okay. The whole thing I'm wondering is why is there not a full length animated movie from from our friends that do the animation instead of the video? Man, they need to animate this album. Well, so somebody needs to die and burn me. (laughs) Oh. Oh, there's a lot of people that die and burn me. <laughs> so, and and uh, no, man, the, honestly, um, Neil, that's something that like that is part of the plan. As far as you know, I don't, I don't know how soon it's going to happen, but it's just, it's one of those things that takes. It's going to take a lot of time to, oh, yeah. to animate all these things. But because um, I'm thinking about doing like also maybe some claymation stop motion kind of stuff too, like for certain certain scenes and certain certain videos, but. That, that I is, just see the Dusty Bowl show. You know, we can do live shows again, large screen behind him, just going through uh, these songs with the videos yeah. playing behind it. For Ooh, sure. That'd be <laughs> insane. That's, def- that's definitely what I want. Like, that was part of the plan, too, is having, like, not only just the music videos, but then having those incorporated with my live performances, like the backdrop, mm-hmm. you know, be- be- being projected behind me. Yeah. So, um, burn me is when he finds out, you know, he, he realizes in the, the, the song before burn me, which is the conductor. So that's when he finds out it's like, okay, like this guy, I've been double crossed, double sided or whatever. And then burn me is when he escapes the train and then all of the, the, um, the cronies the the, the, you know, the crew from the original boss man and also the conductor are all like coming after him. So he pretty much gets in this big firefight with you know however many guys and kills off the majority of them and he also gets pretty much dies the the main character gets shot in the, in the head and he and he and he dies and then the he fox? wakes F- fox dies but then he wakes up you know he he goes unconscious whatever he doesn't okay. he doesn't necessarily die but he All like right. he, he gets shot and he like kind of bleeds out and like goes dark so then he wakes up and this is the this is the the song like the red is pretty much when when he, um, <laughs> okay, I love when it. When he, you know, when he kind of comes back to life and realizes that, you know, he wants to, he's going to so, go back and, and get his revenge. So we took the right path in this podcast. We actually right? did it yeah, right, yeah, man. Yeah, oh my God. Like, literally, completely unintentional. Like, <laughs> you know, so cheers. Maybe it's the bourbon, but it, it must be the bourbon, man. Well, so, Dusty, before we hear the yeah. red, man, uh, why don't yeah. you, why don't you let all our listeners know, uh, where they can follow you, where they can find your stuff and, and, and stay in touch with you? Oh, yeah. Um, so on, uh, Facebook, you just go to facebook.com, you search Dusty Bow Music. Or just even Dusty Bo, D-U-S-T-Y, and then B-O, like Bo Jackson or Bo Diddley. And then um, on uh, Instagram, I'm Dusty Vox, Vox with a V, V-O-X. And uh, I'm on Twitter. Um, I don't even care about TikTok. If you're on there, I'm on there too. Just search <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dusty Bo, t- TikTok's just uh, whatever. But uh <laughs> But yeah, and then YouTube. Please follow me on YouTube, and and, um, and I follow back too. You know, I like I like engaging with other people and meeting new artists and people that are interested in art. So awesome! Cool. Yeah. So, Sorry, we're gonna go red. out with uh, the red, right? Yes, sir. 
Well, man, Dusty, before we uh, before we hear from you, we want to thank you again for being on, man. Our, our, this is going to be a great podcast, and our listeners really enjoy your music. Right Absolutely. on, man. Yeah, I, I appreciate you guys. I've had a great time. It's been awesome. a lot of fun. Thank you, buddy. All yep. right, let's hear the red. The red. Let's go. 
If I could go anyway, I'd go down right in. Gunning down a highway with the lightning. That's the way to go out. Awesome. Thank you, Dusty. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you, Dusty.